International Broadcasting lives on 5085. The big one. WTWW. Please stand by as we get ready to launch another episode of this Reality Radio Cafe Cast with your host and my husband, Denny J, K5DCC. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition, lift off. Now grab your glass and get ready to fill it up with some radio on the rocks. Vehicles pitching downrange. Good morning from South Africa. This is five dollar off. Daniel and Devin just having checked into the cafe. Hello, Timmy. Good morning, Daniel. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to put my headphones on. Stand by one. Okay. Yeah, that's better. I should hear you better now, huh? Oh, okay. You're sounding better, too. You must be a headset with a microphone, huh? Uh, yeah. It is. Okay. Uh, I think it's got a it's got a microphone, yeah. Okay. Well, you're sounding good. How's your day going today? What's happening? Oh, I had a wonderful morning. Uh, Dothan and I went down to the beach. We had to uh, take a, a young girl to go and pick up some medication from the hospital. So we took a queue. It's a very long queue. So we decided to go down to the beach. We had a nice long walk on the beach and saw the sunrise. And then uh, we went for breakfast at Wilson's Wharf. It's like a, like a yacht mall where there's a restaurant. And we just took a leisurely drive back. So it was a, a date morning. Cool. So is that beach very crowded? Is it uh, is it a real safe place to walk around? Yeah, well, at this time of the day, it's quite safe. I wouldn't walk okay. around it very late at night or very too early in the morning. But uh, when we went there, it was uh, it's enough people. It's not too crowded. It's uh, winter here. The beaches aren't as crowded as in summer. Oh, okay. So what's your temperatures like down there now? At the moment, uh, be in the. Uh, let me just check quickly. Stand by one. Uh, just Imagine check you're starting to cool it's, down a bit, huh? Uh, it's telling me that it's 24 degrees Celsius at the moment. It's not bad. That's Good not morning, bad, Professor. Yeah. Good morning, Professor Jim. How are you? Good, Good professor. morning. Bonjour. So, uh, have what, what what was your latest log entry mine yeah zero what i tried for hours yesterday to make an ft8 contact never made a one well okay there's something else you need to know about ft8 timing you need to go to uh time.is and make sure that your computer clock is in sync because all this stuff is uh, very critically timed. If, sometimes it can be off quite a bit where you're you're out of sync with the actual timing. With Guess what? what? I already did that. Oh, good. So you've done some research on this. Yes, and I even downloaded a, a program called Dimension 4 which uh, every 20 minutes goes out and resyncs your computer. So 
Okay. Yep, I've done that. The other thing you want to do is, uh, and I would imagine, because you're plugged right directly into uh, some port on the back, this may not be a problem, but sometimes you over-modulate. And what in the world? <laughs> Bunch of anyway, pictures. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, what you want then is... Uh, to look at your signal, like maybe through an SDR. So if you go to Kiwi dot or KiwiSDR.com, find a radio station somewhere that is receiving you and monitor that on their waterfall and make sure it's not overmodulating. If you do, you're going to get all these extra uh, signals showing up on the waterfall going out to the side. That, that means it's too, too hot and people have a hard time receiving that. Well, I upgraded the firmware in my 7300, and the new firmware came with an FT8 preset. Oh, good. And I activated that, which I would have thought would have taken care of something like that. You'd think. I think you've got much more sophisticated uh, gear there than I do. I know when I started out with this, mine was going into the mic input, so I had all these levels to adjust. Right. That. And I was coming in too hot. And my timing was off, of course, and people would let me know that. So that's I learned by trial, too, trying to figure these things out. Well, and if I go direct from... Oh, someday I will learn the initials of this. W... WSJTX. WSJTX. Think of uh, the guy who created yeah, it, John Joe's, Taylor. John Taylor, right. So if I go directly and not through Win for ICOM, it doesn't change the mode. Well, it sort of does. It changes it from uh, digital to single sideband or upper sideband. So, no matter how I go, the software changes the mode I have set on the transceiver, which is just, I just, uh, I'm so frustrated. And, <laughs> and last night I couldn't, I couldn't get a distinct uh, voice single sideband clear enough to respond either. So, which band but the night... The night before, I I did so. I don't know. Do, do conditions change this much? Oh yeah, this, they can. Yeah. They can change from the beginning of a QSO to the end of it. QSB mm. and you know things are fluctuating all the time. And I, my listening has not been that great either. I'm not hearing a lot of single sideband signals that are very strong lately. I'm, I've just turned my rig on here now. This is on 40 meters. I'm picking up a lot of FT8 using that method I talked about yesterday. Yeah. Now I'm on uh, 30 meters, 10.136. Some strong signals there. Some on 20 meters. A little, little bit weak there. But that's about it. Weak ones on 80. But right now it looks like 40 is the strongest. 
So if you've got yours up and running, you might want to get on 40 meters. Well, I'm got, I've got to, uh, right now I'm waiting for workmen to come to work on the chimney. So I may have to get up and oh, abruptly okay. leave. Um, and then after that, my wife and I have a, uh, a meeting with the kitchen redesigners. Oh, you got so, a remodel, huh? Yeah, we're getting a remodel. <laughs> That's how I think I snuck in the ham rig. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, just if we're spending a bunch of money, why not spend a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, Daniel shared some pictures of his, his beach walk with his uh, bride today. Man, there's a lot of boats around there. Looks quite nice. There's Dot. That's that's really beautiful there, Daniel. Thanks. That's just a beautiful morning. Yeah. Gorgeous. It is. Which one of those boats are yours? And none of the above. <laughs> beautiful. By the way, did you guys see my uh, quick post this morning about the new features of Telegram? No. Telegram now can be accessed through a web browser on any device, and it uh, looks just like the app. It's incredible. Wow. And now they're, and they're talking about in May coming up with a uh, video chat feature, much like the other ones that are out there with screen sharing and all that kind of stuff. We may make this our complete uh, all-in-one stop for the cafe video and everything so we can do our video cast from here wouldn't that be cool it would it's powerful i still can't figure out where all this data goes <laughs> i mean i've got a lot of stuff in here all these videos and pictures and links and audio files my goodness i hope it's not all stored on my phone <laughs> You know, before before the field of chemistry was well developed, people couldn't figure out where burning wood went. For example, <laughs> you have a pile of uh, logs, you set them fire, and pretty soon you have a relatively small amount of ash. Well, what happened? Yeah. The the uh, early researchers couldn't figure out what happened. They knew that there was a tremendous loss in weight. And so they called the whatever happened <laughs> when, when you burned wood, that part that you couldn't explain, they called it phlogiston. <laughs> phlogiston so, huh? so your data, that's your data just goes out into something unexplained at least to us because of our lack of knowledge and it's just gone <laughs> it's just out there <laughs> yeah well the thing that's fascinate has fascinated me about wood burning is it's it's all tied in with radio it's electromagnetic energy that's stored in the wood from the sun and when you burn it all that electromagnetic energy is released into, you know, your space in your home. That's why we love wood heat. And, you know, if you've got a fireplace or, or a wood stove, 
sometimes they'll have this screen you put in front of it. It's like a microwave screen. It's protecting you from all the radiation coming out. It keeps that from coming out. But then you don't feel the heat. If you take that screen away and stand way back, that electromagnetic energy is radiating out and hitting your body and warming you up without having to have the air temperature go up. That's just amazing how that all works. So do you have a pellet furnace in your house? No, or a we, we just have a regular wood stove. We have to go out and cut and split wood and store it. And that takes work. Oh, it does. It keeps you fairly in shape for, you know, when you get old. You got to keep getting out there and working. Do you have a, a log, a, a mechanical log splitter? Or yes. Yes. I'm not doing it with an axe anymore. That's too hard on the back. No, we, yeah. we purchased a log splitter. That makes it much easier. Just be careful. I have a, a ex-relative ex-brother-in-law who lost a finger using one of those things. Well, we've had people we know that have had their hands cut in those things. I can't imagine. Ouch. Ooh. Yeah, we're very careful. So what have we got for our uh, what-if question today before you have to take off? Okay, the what-if question is... What if we could no longer see the stars? What would be lost? Hmm. So I'll let you answer that from your perspective before I tell you why we are eventually not going to see the stars. And it affects yeah. the ham radio hobby, too. Um, navigation, we would have no way of navigating other than using satellites, mm -hmm. I guess. But, uh, you know, for many, many millennia, people were using the stars to navigate when they're out at sea or even on land. Well, not to mention the field of astronomy, right? Right. And all the science that's come from deep space observation. Right. Uh, so the reason is... I know you're dying to know. <laughs> Space garbage. And there's a lot the, of that. The stuff that's up there, largely satellites, has raised the illumination of the ground 10%. And uh, pretty soon, it's what it's doing, it's washing out our view of the stars. And apparently we've surpassed the sky brightness threshold for unimpeded astronomical observation decades ago, according to the International Astrological Union. And one of the culprits is SpaceX and its Starlink feature, which you've been heavily promoting, mm -hmm. and which will have lots of advantages, of course. But SpaceX has put up 1,300 satellites since 2018, just a couple of years ago, and they have plans of putting up tens of thousands more. I think they're so, 
ultimate goal is 44,000 or something like that, 42,000. Yep. And so, too, does Amazon and, a, and something called OneWeb, which I've not heard of. Yep. They also have plans of their own. So, at the moment, there's approximately 3,300 satellites in orbit. And we depend on them for telecommunication, navigation, weather monitoring, and space science. And, of course, the growing hobby of satellite communication via ham radio, which you are a participant. Mm-hmm. And maybe someday I'll get enough courage to try it. <laughs> but uh, the point is there's uh, telescopes have already had to be located in remote places because of city lights right yeah eliminating the sky to to the point where the telescopes can't see through the sort of the illumination haze and now now we've got to worry about uh, satellite illumination uh, bouncing back to the Earth to in, to increase that washout of our night sky. So, with all technical advantages, there are obvious disadvantages. Something to ponder. Well, I know that Starlink is uh, readily working on plans, and they've already put some satellites up there with this black coating on the bottom of their satellites to reduce the glare. But I think they would have a problem with overheating, too. That black's going to absorb all that solar energy and get pretty hot, I would think. So they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place trying to reduce that glare. You've probably seen the Starlink train. I have not yet seen it personally, but I have friends who have seen it and taken pictures of it where you've got 60 satellites going across the sky, closely spaced together like a train. Quite a sight. I've tried to look up and see them, but I, I have yet to see the train. I'm sure I'm seeing some of the satellites going around, but uh, the train would be kind of neat. But yeah, I would so, imagine coming from a photographer's standpoint like yourself, the astrophotographers are very upset about that because they get these streaks going across their images. That's correct. Be very, anno- very annoying. So you've given me an idea for a new children's book. do you remember the story of the little engine that could yeah oh how about the little satellite that could (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh bye (laughs) yeah it's going to be interesting uh 10 years down the road i mean right now you said we've got how many satellites 3300 those are all working satellites yeah, well, I don't know if they're working or not. That's just what's up there. Well, there's more than that up there. They say there's uh, over a half a million pieces of space junk, and it's all being tracked by the government. In fact, uh, we just heard about the uh, Crew 2 was going up, and they were warned of a potential collision with one of these things that they just called a UFO. They didn't really know exactly what right. it was, but there's a lot of junk up there. Well, it's going to come down. That'll make for some exciting uh, viewing, I think. (laughs) One of the problems of the looming night illumination, the illumination of the looming night illumination, 
<laughs> uh, want to say that again ten times real fast? <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, that that people do monitor asteroids, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, try to see if there's a potential path for an asteroid to perhaps collide with Earth, and if that looked like a possibility, maybe some action could be taken. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of what might be taken. I guess presumably, if you follow Hollywood movies, somebody could uh, go up, find the astronaut, and destroy it with a bomb of some kind. Uh, before it was uh, break it up into smaller pieces that presumably wouldn't destroy life on Earth, but uh, now with this increased night illumination, we may not be able to even see the asteroids to monitor them. So, it, you know, there's it may be just uh, to detect because what they do is they take uh, images with a time space between them and see which thing has moved. Yep. You know, kind of, kind of like these puzzles you see on the web sometimes on Facebook. I remember seeing a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Got a picture, and they say, okay, here's a whole bunch of Cs. Where's uh, the one letter that's uh, different? Right. Well, if, you take, if you take two of those things, I can do this stereo thing where I can split my eyes and see both images at the same time. I, I do that with 3D photography. But you can very quickly then see, oh, there it is right there. So there's have, any of your, have any of your friends ever told you you were cross-eyed? <laughs> no, I, I do the other way though. I mean, I can split my eyes apart, like you're looking at oh. something in the distance. Oh, like a lizard. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Well, you remember those old stereo uh, viewing things with the two pictures oh, on the card? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can do that without the viewer. I can just look at the card and split my eyes apart and see it in 3D. And I've done a lot yeah. of stuff with 3D. In fact, uh, years ago, I had two Kodak carousel projectors. And I would take pictures on my 35 millimeter in in stereo. I would just move the camera over, you know, a couple inches and take a second shot. Well, Two and a half a inches. Couple, yep. And then I bought a couple of Polaroid, polarized sunglasses, and I cut them out. And I would put uh, one lens in, or one, yeah, one of those yep. glasses lens in front of one camera, 90 degrees, not camera, but uh, projector, and the other uh, 90 degrees from that. And then I put the two together that way in my glasses and I would superimpose them on the projector screen and look like looking out a window. I mean, it was fun. Oh, stereo is just great fun. Yeah. I love it. And I even do that with radio. Did you know that? That doesn't (laughs) surprise me. Well, yeah. You ever had like two HTs? And you're listening one like to the repeater and one through your hotspot, and you hold them on right and left, and you've got this little delay because they're not perfectly in sync, and you get like stereo radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, just trying funny. to understand how my the one radio I have works. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny. Well, are we going to have time to make a contact today? Uh, after the uh, kitchen redesign conference, uh, I'll be back home and I'll be trying to figure out how to make a contact. Perhaps if you have time, we can zoom and I can share my screen well, that'd be fun. and sh- show you what's happening and maybe you'll have some suggestions. 
we might even be able to uh, let me control your software on your computer and then I can... Yeah, let's see. There's a way... I think uh, Google uh, has a way to do that. I don't have any thing implemented on my... There's lots of software that allows you to do that. Yeah, on Windows. I've got to figure that out. Yeah. Well, we will have all the time in the world today because it's going to be raining. We're entering a couple-day period of heavy rain. We're supposed to get anywhere from three to four inches, so we will be indoors for a while. Yeah, it's kind of overcast right now here. So then I'm, I'm having uh, dinner tonight with one of my Minnesota students oh. who's on assignment uh, at an army base about an oh. hour south of uh, Indianapolis. Photojournalist? Yes, he's a, a TV video journalist. And uh, they, his company does training at this army base. Uh, so he comes down for a, a few weeks every year. And uh, he's one of my, well, he's nearly as old as I am. He's, he's one of my first students when I first started teaching. I sent an email, by the way, off to John Portoon. You know, he said he's got several other presentations that he's done. And I invited him to uh, share those with us. So we might be doing another video cafe cast of John doing another tutorial on some aspect of antenna work, I imagine, or ham radio. So that'll be exciting. Are you working well, on a few more guests there, too? Um <laughs> I'm working on trying to make a contact on the radio right now. <laughs> well, maybe I can be your guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. You know, I really panicked when I got the antenna hooked up and all I, I turned the radio on. All I got was static. I thought there was something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have a history to uh, fall back on. No, no I don't. Right. By the way, fact, have you taken out that nano VNA yet to check the SWR in your long wire? I haven't done that yet, but I've I've been monitoring the uh, the ICOM SWR, and it has uh, both a miniature SWR scale and a and a expanded, very good one. Oh, and uh, I'm at one point five or lower, so. I don't that's think on that's all the bands. Yeah. That's well, I, every time I've checked it, it's been quite reasonable. Yeah, that's great. So, have you ever tried without your antenna tuner? Just go straight through. I have not. You can turn that antenna tuner off. I think. Should well, you can turn it. I have an external tuner ordered, and yeah. you can t turn the internal one off and use the external one. And the external yeah. one I have ordered. Uh, you can hook two antennas up to it, so it's also an antenna switch, which yeah. I thought might be useful when I get the six-meter antenna built. Yeah. Well, you're going to be a busy guy this summer. And the, the two-meter antenna that I'll put up eventually, probably a J-pole. 
I'll just uh, use the feed from that to go directly to a handy talkie. I don't need an antenna switch for that. Right, right. Very good. Well, Daniel, did you take these pictures with your phone? Those are excellent pictures. Yeah, I did. I took it with my cell phone, yes. Isn't that nice, having a phone with you, a camera with you, a radio with you, wherever you go? <laughs> It's nice because, uh, especially uh, with the Zello, now that Zello downloaded on my Android device, I can. Uh, I don't have to bring my HD with me. I can use my cell phone. I can chat to my friends around the world. That's quite. That's quite cool. Yeah, it really is. Well, I think this is going to be a short one today. I think we're uh, all just uh, ready to move on to some other things today. I'm going to be a little bit more radioactive today, so I can. Hopefully have more people look me up on QRZ and check out our podcast. So that'll be fun. And uh, play around with okay, this, tele this telegram on the web. Has, excuse me. This telegram so on the web. I'm going to mute you pretty soon, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I look he's, at just, he's just trying to participate. <laughs> I know Go ahead, Daniel. No, I was going to say, I, I've got to say 73 for now because I've got her. Uh, but we'll, thanks, it's been very interesting as usual. Over. Elva. Well, thank you, Daniel. Have a blessed day. I was just going to say, uh, this Telegram on the web browser has a feature that I don't see on the actual app. Have you guys got a web browser handy? You should go to WebK. Webk.telegram.org, and you can do this on any device: your phone, tablet, computer. Webk.webk.telegram.org. Now I don't know what the difference is between web.telegram.org or Webk or WebZ. This is something that uh, the the creator of this platform has posted just this morning. But I'm, right now I'm on Webk.telegram.org. And, of course, you're going to have to put in your phone number, and you'll get a verification number that they'll send to you. But this is something pretty cool. You know, I was talking about where do they store all the previous posts, pictures, and videos. Up there at the top bar next to, it says, pinned message, there's uh, dashes going up, kind of different shades. Well, if you click on that, like on the top part of it, it keeps scrolling down like page scrolls to all your previous posts that are in there. And it just keeps going and going. It's like a, I think everything that's a link or pictures, well, even the conversations around it, just keep scrolling down and down and down. And of course, then if you want to get to the bottom, your most recent post, you click on that down arrow down above the little microphone icon, and it just instantly goes right down to the bottom of the feed again. That is sure, sure enough. This actually works. Cool. You see that little da dash thing by your profile icon? Wait a minute. At the, proof. At yeah. the top, it says. Yes, blue dot. See, yep. You see the dash is going up. Mm, wait a minute. Right to the left of your profile pick, it'll be on the right side of that bar at the top. It might say pinned message. 
see. I'm exploring it. So if you click on that dash, if you're clicking, uh, I guess you click anywhere on that dash, but it just keeps going up your feed, page like page by page. Hmm. I'm not finding what you're talking about, but that's not surprising. Uh, I'm going to do a screen capture here real quick, and I'll share this in Telegram right here in the browser. Okay. There it is. See at the bottom of the feed there? Okay. Now, if you look up at the white bar... The one that has Digicom Cafe Chat in it, 38 members, and over to the right, pinned message 39, no. blah, blah, blah. Okay, I was in the wrong I was in the wrong conversation on the web. That's why oh, I couldn't okay. find okay. it. Now I've but got you see, a next to my profile there to the left of it, you see these little blue dashed lines going up and down. Okay, let me let me now I can't figure oh I'll use the back arrow. Okay. And now pinned message when you click on those little blue dot blue dashes going up and down next to your the profile pic it actually scrolls up page by page through all of oh I see I got it I got it I got it see I that? got it well but you can also use the the wheel on a mouse to scroll <laughs> yeah but I mean this this is easy you just click 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 and it just goes page at a time yeah. very easy but then if you want to go down to the bottom where it's got your uh, message entry point and the mic to the right, right above it, you got that down arrow. You just click on it and boop, you're right there at the bottom of the feed. That's pretty cool. How interesting. That's, that's not on the app. Although you can't do voice and video on the web version that I've seen yet. Maybe it'll come, I don't know. But this thing just keeps on improving. It does. Well, I think we'll move on. I got to get another cup of coffee, and you get stuff to do here too. And give me a holler on the bat phone later, and we'll try and make a contact. I feel uh, I feel sorry for you because you don't you don't roast your own coffee beans. Aww. Maybe I can get you to try that at some point. Well, see, we might have to get a grinder. I think we do have a grinder. We have an electric. Grinder. Oh yeah, that's right. Once you roast the beans, you'd have to get a grinder. I think my wife does have a grinder, and she has used beans before. Or right now I, you could just use a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> or a garlic crusher. Or a garlic crusher, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, a garlic crusher. Well, I I first started this process by using a hot air popcorn popper, yeah, but if you were going to do that, that, and you could do that too if you have one, because you could just put it out on the porch and you wouldn't care about the little membranes blowing all over the kitchen. Just right. let them blow off the porch. Yeah. We do that. We cut hair out there. I trim my nails out there. Might as well Right. Beans. So <laughs> just roast your coffee beans out there. So Yeah. And you can get green beans on Amazon. That's not a problem. They'll even probably deliver to Arkansas. In the hills probably. of Arkansas. The UPS truck is up here quite frequently, <laughs> up our steep hill. <laughs> so, the 
one of the advantages of living in the big city, and there, there are many disadvantages, of course, but I spent an hour and a half on the phone with Apple Tech Support with a problem I was having with an endless loop of my laptop was rebooting. And uh, the second level tech support finally gave up and made an appointment for me at the Apple store about 10 miles away. And so I walked in there and, and checked in with the person. I said, look, I'm a sub genius. I need a real Apple genius to help me figure out what's going on. <laughs> and so um, when I finally got to see the genius and I made them aware that I was running a beta version of the latest operating system because I have to run a beta version to allow the driver for my external RAID array with all my pictures on it to actually mount. And uh, otherwise, I would not be running a beta version of the operating system. Anyway, the person informed me that it they could not obviously install a beta version <laughs> on my computer. And if an installation, reinstallation was necessary, she could only install a, a regular version. So we talked a while and she, she ran a hardware check. There's something they can do. I think they put a piece of software on your machine that they can monitor with an iPad. And after, uh, a few minutes of running that, she showed me the results. All hardware checks passed, except for the software. And of course, the software check didn't pass because I was running a beta version of the OS. Mm -hmm. So, and furthermore, when I came into the store and had unhooked my OWC dock, and I booted it up in the store and I was sure it was going to reboot within a minute it did not right well that gave me a clue and when the hardware passed all of its checks that gave me another clue so I came back home and I unplugged the power plug from my dock power supply and unplugged the power supply itself from the dock let it sit for 30 seconds plugged everything back up well, in the meantime, in all these reboots, the, so the OS had disabled all what they call foreign extensions, of which the OWC external radar driver was one. And when I hooked everything back up, it still rebooted spontaneously. So I called OWC, and which, by the way, has excellent tech support. And... Uh, went into the privacy settings and reauthorized the OWC driver and everything works now. So I, I still don't know quite what went wrong. Uh, perhaps rebooting the dock did something and reauthorizing the driver after Apple locked it out did something. I don't know. It's working now. That's all I care about. So, well, anyway, uh, you're trying to get on the radio, and I'm trying to go meet the repair pe people. So, it's been great talking with you, even so briefly. And I'll say seven threes, and we'll get on our day. All right, seven three. Have a blessed one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay.
Hi, this is Extra Class Amateur Radio Operator, K5DCC. I just upgraded to my Extra Class last year. You know how I did it? I used HamTest Online. Did you know that HamTest Online is the top-rated study program on eham.net? 97% of reviewers gave them 5 stars. They have more 5-star user reviews than all other study methods combined. And success is guaranteed. If you fail the amateur radio license exam, they will refund your subscription. It's a no-brainer. You pass the exam or get a full refund. Try it for yourself at hamtestonline.com. Hello, cafeers. Denny J. here in the beautiful Ozarks of Northwest Arkansas out in the country, 25 miles from any large city. Out here in the country, we struggle to get good internet. Maybe you have the same problem. If you live in a rural area, you don't have many options. It's either satellite or DSL or cellular. And believe me, we've tried them all. Just recently, I was more than happy to pay the penalty to get out of our satellite service. Latency was horrible. And for amateur radio communications, the delays were up to five seconds, and uh, you probably experienced what that's like. Our DSL service was also very unreliable. We rarely got the speeds that we were promised, and it kept dropping out. But now I think I found a service that we're going to love. It's called Visible.com. It's a company that's owned by Verizon and kind of a paired back service, but works beautifully for my situation here out in the country on 15 acres. Visible.com offers only one plan. It's unlimited everything. Unlimited calls, text, and internet at slightly slower speeds than their top drawer plan at Verizon. But it does use the Verizon network. Go to Visible.com and use my referral code 3 November 37 November Tango. Also, to get your $40 a month bill reduced to $25, you need to be part of a party pay group. You can join me in our Digicom Cafe party. You will find the link to these things down in the show notes here, along with links to our Digicom Cafe community portal, which is a Facebook alternative. Also, our Telegram community, where we have text and voice chat, and also our live cafe cast here in the Digicom Cafe. So get your line at visible.com. And again, use my referral code and join our party to get that bill down to $25 a month. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. We invite you to join our Mighty Networks amateur radio community at members.digicomcafe.com.